From a whisper to a roar, our voice has grown in strength and volume. Echoes from our past guide our future as we explore the woman's voice. It's so exciting every single time I get on a podcast because I have an idea of who we're going to be speaking to and some of the content and amazing information that we're going to get out. But uh, today is going to be a whole new level. And she's already in our in our pre-conversation said, my body is my voice, which I just love and cannot wait for you to meet the fabulous Michelle Finlayson, the founder and direction director of Sumbalicious. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Lise, for having me. It's a total pleasure to be here today. Oh, look, it's it's fabulous. And I I I love dance. Uh, I went to an event last week and they had the Queensland Ballet there. And I just I just get lost in it. You know, if I could sit in the Queensland Ballet, Ballet Studios all day, every day, I would. I just they are incredible yeah. specimens of humans, aren't they? they? Are, but but any humans. dance, it just <laughs> it just evokes something in me. And I'm not a dancer. I never studied dance, but I can appreciate it. And and I do think that there's a beautiful synergy that we can really get from you today about how you've used your body. Uh, to help other women express themselves. And uh, I can't wait to get started. So how about we we do that? Let's <laughs> shimmy and shake on in. All right. You, you can maybe teach me how to shimmy. Um, <laughs> how has your voice led you here today? It's such a journey. I think like every woman, we have so many facets to our personality and we have so many things that have led us to where we are um, from, you know, marriages, failed relationships, you know, incredible friendships, wonderful travel stories, career highlights and failures. So there's been a lot um, that has gone on in my life, but I think exactly what you said, I've um, been able to find my voice through movement and through dance. And I grew up not being particularly confident, even though I had an incredible mother who was uh, all about women can do everything. She was part of the bra burning feminist uh, movement of the 70s. And I had a private education at an all girls school. But part of that education, there was a lot of bullying that went on. And mum was a teacher at the school. And so I copped a lot of it. And I think um, that really rocked my self-esteem as a teenager, even though I'd been brought up in this really beautiful, encouraging and loving family environment, I, I didn't really know who I was. And I didn't, I was uh, elected for house captain, but I was criticized for that because I was told that the only reason I got it was because my mother worked at the school. And mm. it was just a series of things that happened like that as a, as a teenager they really rocked my confidence. And um, when I was 18, I went to university and I was studying languages and linguistics. I had to choose another language, another subject. And uh, I decided to choose Spanish. And when I chose Spanish, I I remember just walking into this incredible um, Spanish language room at at Griffith University. And it was like walking into into a whole new world. It was 
music and dance and food and culture and all of this vibrance. And that was my first introduction to Latin American culture. And I started to do some salsa classes. And from there, I just absolutely fell in love with movement. But it was a pivotal moment when I went to a dance party one night and I heard the Brazilian drums. And I think for me, that was when I really began to hear my own voice come through. I began to feel this vibration through the drums and I felt this incredible desire to express myself, even though I hadn't necessarily grown up with dance or grown up with Brazilian culture. And yeah, it was those drums that just started it all for me. And it gave me this feeling of, I need to express myself more. I need to stand up for myself. I need to find who I am. And so I booked a one-way ticket to Rio (laughs) and much to the despair of my parents. And I went on this journey of self-exploration and this big adventure from little Brisbane to the huge city of Rio de Janeiro. And I immersed myself in the culture over there and I couldn't speak any Portuguese. I'd studied some Spanish at school and I really, I struggled for a while. I struggled to express myself. I struggled to be able to get my message across. And it's really interesting, Lisa, because 15 years on, I'm now fluent in Brazilian Portuguese. I've been back to Brazil 11 times since Mm -hmm. that very first visit. And one of the things that I love about Brazil and, and its culture is the way that they use language to express themselves. And I think you'll find in, the, in any Latin culture, whenever you, you know, see an Italian talking or you see you know, a South American, they're using their hands and using their body and it's not just the voice, it's this in, in incredible physical experience when, when you're speaking. And I started to take on and, and I guess by osmosis, start to absorb all of those movements and gestures. And I actually found that once I I got, you know, more confident in the language and I became more fluent, I feel like I can express myself better in Portuguese than I can in English because Portuguese is this beautiful, rich language. It has such incredible vocabulary. And even the tone and the way that I speak now I think is different to how I grew up because of immersing myself in that culture. And a lot of people are fooled when they first speak to me, Brazilians, they think I'm Brazilian. And that translated to, by learning that language and spending time in that culture, that translated to me starting to dress in a certain way and adorn myself in colourful, vibrant um, patterns. And and that is another form of expressing your voice is in the way that you dress. And I became very passionate about fashion and Mm. really just starting to create an image for myself and build my confidence through the way that I walked, what I wore, the language that I spoke. So it's been a really interesting journey to Mm. get to here now. And then obviously um, by spending time in in Brazil. And if anyone's interested in in my whole story, we won't go into it today, but I did write a three-part ebook series um, about my journey and, you know, going from being a non-dancer and an Aussie who'd never spent time in Brazil to then performing at the highest level of Rio Carnival and representing Australia. And um, it was an incredible journey. But throughout that journey, the most important thing was that I was constantly searching for what lit me up. 
you know, how could I express myself more, not just through using language, but through movement and dance and music and fashion and connection with people. And so it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been harrowing. Um, there have been moments in my life where I have been silenced, mm. where I was in a domestic violent relationship. I was um, married to an abusive man and I was really, I found it very, very difficult to express myself and to leave that relationship. And I think in, in, a, in a nutshell, when we first got married, uh, he said to me, well, now we're married, you have to ask my permission for everything. And you have to run everything by me. And I just laughed and I said, are you kidding? (laughs) I'm an independent Australian girl, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, you might be cute and hot, but like you can't tell me what to do. But eventually over the period of that, that marriage, he wore me down so much that I, I just remember one day that I said to him, Hey babe, can you, you know, let me know your opinion on this. And he looked at me and he said, are you so stupid that you can't make your own decisions? Mm. And, and it was this psychological abuse and trauma. Mm. And, and I really felt silenced. I felt insignificant. I felt that I'd gone from being this very empowered woman. I'd lived overseas. I'd learned the language. I met him in Brazil. I imported him here. I supported him here. <laughs> and I was creating a dance business for us and all of these things. And yet my voice was silenced and it took a moment of like contemplating suicide for me to say, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, but I can't see a way out of it because I don't even remember who I am anymore. Mm. I couldn't even remember what I like to do, what made me smile. It was a really down, very, very low, probably rock bottom moment for me. Mm. And then I just had, I had a thought and I was like, I have so much to give and I have so much to say and I have so much to to express and I'm not going to allow someone to suppress me and so Mm. I slowly managed to escape from that and that's why I'm so passionate about telling my story and supporting women to find their own voices and find their own self-expression because it can just take one person to absolutely destroy your confidence And yet if you're able to build the necessary tools and armor around you, once you've gone through that experience, no one else can ever, ever touch you again. And and that's been a beautiful journey as well. It reminds me just that there's so many, so much content in there that I just want to dive into. But that one piece you just said about uh, your abusive partner and they slowly, slowly, slowly chip away at you. Yes. I remember I was in an abusive relationship similarly for a very short period of time once I realised what he was doing, but he was a kleptomaniac. I didn't realise until I got married him. He was a kleptomaniac Mm -hmm. and a nymphomaniac Mm -hmm. and uh, probably every other maniac you could possibly think of as well. (laughs) Do we marry the same man? (laughs) I was like, whoa, that sounds like kind of the same nationality. Mm -hmm. mix there and uh and not saying that all brazilians are like that no 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 beautiful absolutely (laughs) but i uh remember going into a store and i had a a, just a book or a magazine or something i can't remember it was so long ago and i I was getting a card and i wasn't in australia at the time i was in the u.s i was getting a card to send back home and um i took the card and i put it inside this magazine and I went through my mind in that moment of 
I could steal this Mm. and he's going to be so proud of me. Oh, wow. Isn't it incredible? And and All your values, all your morals, everything that you grew up with and one person comes in and and it's... mm. It just, it was a moment, one of those moments in time where everything in my being, it was like a big, huge fire alarm going off in me, in my soul, going, what, 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 abort, Get the hell abort, out of here. Abort. Like if this is the beginning of what he's doing to you, you mm. need to get out. And well I just. Well done for I recognizing that and listening to your intuition. Yeah. I was never physically abused uh and I I, I was never suicidal or anything in it but it was just Mm. that oh my goodness this is having a psychological impact on me because that's not me I mean I I pay 10 times what the card's worth usually you know Mm. I just like oh here have have some more um so yeah thank you for sharing that because I think that there's there's value in that in that just those tiny little things that we endure And it's interesting, not disregarding in any way physical abuse, but, you know, physical scars do heal, but it's the, it's the emotional trauma that, that continues for a long time. It takes a lot longer to heal from that. And Mm -hmm. the worst thing is when you, you finish a relationship like that and you're always second guessing yourself, you're Mm -hmm. always doubting yourself because Mm -hmm. that person's voice stays in your head for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a great opportunity for you to build confidence and for you to rebuild your life and and to learn how to back yourself that that was the biggest takeaway that I got from that was mm. I have to back myself I have to trust myself I have to know that when he says something and I know it's not right to not believe him to just say no and to to walk away or like you said when you see a moment where you feel like oh my gosh I'm about to do something that he would be so proud of me for but it goes completely against everything that I stand for you have to back yourself. You have to trust yourself and know who you are and that you would never do that. And you need to, to move, move on from that. And it's a really, really difficult journey, but in, yeah. you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. <laughs> that annoying old cliche that Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, about being able to portray yourself and put yourself out to the world in how you dress and uh, you know how you do your hair, and 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 I would imagine that that had quite a profound effect living over in in Rio. And I'm very much about not listening to your voice, but feeling your voice. So I, I liked the way that you expressed that that you you started to feel everything in your being a little bit more, and there's. There's three layers to communication generally. There's there's the face and the body, which is your dominant form of communication. So that's your nonverbal cues. You've got then your verbal cues, your tone, which I think the ratio is about 50% body, 30% voice. And then there's a really small amount, only 7% on the content. So the words that you actually say. Isn't that interesting? And, and I'd really like to hear more about most of let's talk about Australians when they want to speak they're so focused on getting the words right and tend not to use hardly any body expression Mm -hmm. and I know learning Italian I didn't embrace the language until I learned how to say ciao bella come stai (laughs) not ciao bella come stai and when you change that that the way that you say it, it's the whole the whole body 
starts to come to life and it's talking with you. How much of a transition, how did you get yourself to realise that I can't just use this language? It's, it's a different way of communicating. I remember that I was walking along Copacabana Beach one beautiful, glorious day. Sun was shining, stunning scenery, and I just heard all these wolf whistles. And I was like, what's going on? Looking around, thinking it was for me being pretty excited about that, but it wasn't. It was a bunch of gorgeous women in front of me that were all shapes and sizes, all ages, and they had teeny tiny bikinis on. And it was the way that they were walking, they were just sashaying along the pavement, swaying their hips, you know, rolling their shoulders, chins up in the air, winking, blowing kisses to the guys as they walked past. And I just thought, who are these creatures? Mm. They, they are not human. Who are these incredible women? Mm. And they had so much confidence just in, in a step, in a walk. And like I said, they weren't supermodel material. They were all shapes and sizes and all ages. And the men just were lapping it up. And I remember just really observing them and thinking, what is it that they are doing that I'm not? Yeah. And it was definitely obviously carrying themselves with confidence. And that was something that I, I thought, how, how on earth do I do that? Because you can say, look, you need to carry yourself with confidence, but then how do you do that? Yeah. So I enrolled in dance classes and I started to learn how to walk in high heels and I started to learn body awareness. You know, we're, we're in, this is all we have, mm. this beautiful vessel of a body and it's our responsibility to learn how to use it. And it's something that's not necessarily taught in school. I mean, we learn sport and some people just love dance and start to dance from an early age, but most people don't. And also there's, there's a little bit of shame around dance as well. I find that so many people that really truly deep down would love to be able to dance or want to dance, they feel embarrassed. They feel like there's this pressure of like, oh my gosh, I could never do what a dancer does, or they look at, you know, a, a high level performer, I could never do that. So I'm not even going to begin. And that's one of the things as a dance teacher and a dance specialist that I say these days is everyone can learn to dance. You just need the right teacher and the right instruction. And you need to be patient with yourself. Mm. And you need to realize that you can't go from being a beginner to an expert in one dance class. Mm. And so take the time to try something new, take the time to invest and play and experiment and see what works for you. And so going back to, to the beach, I looked at these women and I thought, I want to look like that. I want to feel like that. How on earth do I make that happen? And it started with that simple decision of, I need to learn how to move my body. And so that awareness of connecting okay, anatomy, like these are my shoulders, these are my hips, to then rhythm and music. And you know, there's, it's a process. So first of all, you learn the steps. Then you start to feel more confident with the steps. And so you can start to add a little bit more styling. And then you really can start to understand the music and the musicality. And then you can start to express your personality through the movements through the music, through your own unique styling. And it has been a very long journey for me, Lisa. I have been now going back and forth to Brazil for 20 years. And every single time I go, I always reinvest in 
dance classes in training with the queens of carnival over there. Mm. I invest in mentors and business coaches and it's a never ending journey of learning and growth and taking that one little step of saying, I'm going to enroll in a dance class opened up this entire world of, of a new career for me as well, because I never imagined I trained as an English language teacher. And so whilst I was, I enjoyed being an English teacher because I taught international students and that also gave me access to learning about different cultures and different people. And that was my first real introduction to hanging out and spending time with Brazilians and getting a feel for how vibrant and energetic and colourful their culture was. That definitely inspired me more to go to Brazil. But I just knew deep down that being an English teacher wasn't what I wanted to do, that it wasn't fulfilling me enough. I wasn't able to express myself enough, but I didn't know what area to go into. And that's when I started to explore and travel and, and try and find that. So I feel like it's been, um, I would recommend to every woman, if she is feeling stuck, if she's feeling like she's not able to express herself in her relationship, in her career, in her job, it may feel very overwhelming to take that big step to buy a ticket to Rio. Um, I mean, I'd recommend it. It will completely change your life. <laughs> when we can songs. travel again. <laughs> when we can travel again, you need to come on tour with me because I do do Rio tours and oh, I take wow. women to Brazil. I've taken over 500 women so far wow. to experience the spirit of carnival and the joy of Brazilian culture. And I, I highly recommend Travel is one of the best ways to find your voice, to find mm. what lights you up, what inspires mm. you, and to learn about new cultures and connect with new people. And also I feel like when you travel, you can really be yourself. Mm. I think a lot of the time when we live in our communities and within our family networks and within our work environments, there's so much conditioning around us of you need to be a mother here. You need to be a wife here. You need to be a businesswoman here. I kind of feel like the barriers all just drop when you travel mm. and you can truly be yourself. Mm. And so I definitely recommend uh, doing that once we're able to again. And in the interim, then just finding something that lights you up, something that you can lose yourself in for hours. And even if you're not very good at it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be awesome at it. It doesn't need to turn into a career or a business, but as long as you're finding joy in it and you're, you're not criticizing yourself and you're not you're putting really pressure is. on yourself. It's another cliche, isn't it? You know, do the thing that you love and people go, yeah, yeah. But when you get older and you've had some runs on the board, you really do understand that it is about what makes you light up is Correct. what's going to bring universal energy back to you and, and people will come to you. I wanted to touch on something that, you know, there's going to be a lot of listeners out there that have young teenage daughters or even young, you know, adults. I have a, an 18 year old daughter and I've been training with boys since I was eight. So that's 40 years um minus 20 you're only 21, 21 yes yes <laughs> um so 
I've always been trained, and particularly when we're at the conservatorium, you know, we would have workshops where it would just be focused on how you walk on that stage, mm-hmm. how, how to hold yourself and command that stage. And I remember uh, doing a presentation a few years ago and, and a woman came to me at the end of it and she said, how do you do that? I said, do what? She said, how do you command a room the whole time you're on stage? She said, no one was on their phone. No one was going to the bathroom. No one was talking. No one was, you know, fidgeting about. She said, you held the room the whole time. And I said, well, I don't expect anything else. That's that's the first lesson. But I think what I'd love to hear from you is how do mums or even mums themselves, but focusing on young girls, how do we teach our young girls how to hold themselves so that their body language is telling the world, hey, I'm a confident person, don't mess with me. Um, I really do think that confidence in walking down the street um, sends a message of, you know, I'm I'm not a victim, I'm not here to be attacked, et cetera. Have you got some insight on on what we can do? So one of the first things that I teach my students in my dance classes is posture. And it's something that is so underrated but so incredibly powerful. And I remember as a young girl that I'd be sitting at the dinner table doing my homework and my dad would come and he would pop his finger just in the small of my back and he would say, darling, sit up straight. And I'd be like, ah, dad. But people comment on that all the time. And over the years of strength training, I also trained to be a yoga and and Pilates instructor as well. And it it really made me realize how important our physical presence is. And I'm, I am tall. Uh, I'm almost six foot and pop on a pair of heels and look out boys. But one of the things that I always say to my ladies, I say shoulders back, chin up, Nipples to the ceiling. That's a good one. But <laughs> oh, okay. So I just got a really odd visual. Some of us, darling, are going to have to lie down for that one. <laughs> just expand that rib cage. You'll be fine, ladies. <laughs> you know, tummy in. And then it is about projecting your energy. It is about walking into that room with this absolute certainty that you deserve to be there with this confidence that you have a place in the world, that your voice matters. Everyone has something important to say. And this is practice, isn't it? This is not just you you just think it. This is this is a muscle memory that you're going to have to build over time. Correct. You'll go to the gym to build a muscle. Okay. Yes. And I and then that's the thing that I really struggle with is that you're not going to get this in one day. You're not going to get this in one session. This is going to say three, six, But it's like anything in life. You're not going to learn a language overnight. You're not going to learn how to read and write. I mean, look how long it took us as children, obviously growing up as kids, you absorb things uh, very quickly, but no one learns something overnight. It takes dedication and practice. And when I'm, uh, I'm training my elite performers in particular to go on stage for my Samba Queen competition that I do every year, I use a lot of visualization exercises, a lot of mindset preparation. So it truly is a 50, 50 split. 
I do the physical training with them, the strength and conditioning, the dance technique to get those movements into their muscle memory. And then the other half of their training is mindset exercises. It's visualizing themselves on stage. How do they want to feel when they're on stage or with you know, anyone in, in daily life. How do you want to feel when you walk into work in the morning, when you walk down the street, when you walk into a job interview? And it's trying to really embody that. It's connecting to the ground, connecting with your breath and visualizing and imagining yourself how you want to be. And often, you know, the old expression of fake it till you make it, there's so many different opinions about that. But I believe that if you can try and channel some type of energy or some type of uh, character, for example, I often say to my dancers, you know, who do you look up to? Oh, Beyonce, you know, J-Lo. Okay, so what do you love about those women? I love their sassiness, their fierceness, mm. their powerful energy. All right, well, how do those things feel in your body? When you feel sassy, when you feel powerful, when you feel fierce, how does that actually sit in your body? And then you see them and then, you know, the chests expand, the chins raise, the shoulders come back. Mm. This energy, the energy changes. So that process of visualizing, whether or not it's visualizing how you want to feel, or it's actually embodying another character or another essence, mm. just to help you to get out onto that stage or walk down the street until you're able to find your own essence, your own voice. It is really, really powerful. And it might sound woo-woo, but it really helps. So when, I mean, getting on stage is one of the most scary things for anyone. A lot of people are terrified of public speaking. I mean, imagine as a dancer and in particular a Brazilian samba dancer, you're in a teeny tiny costume, you know, everything is out. You have to get out on stage. You've got live music happening. You're in six inch heels. Often when I performed in Rio in carnival, I had 10 or 15 kilo back piece on huge, big gladiator boots. When I was going down the Avenue in Rio, we had 300,000 people in the grandstands and the carnival parade was being broadcast to over 250 million people around the world. So, you know, you slip and fall, pretty much half the globe is going to see it. So it's all about, you know, connecting to the ground, connecting with your breath, your posture, knowing that you've done the work. Preparation is also really important. Exactly what you're saying. It's not something that just happens overnight and, you know, preparing and practicing. And, and also one of the exercises I do with my elite performers is I say to them, let's imagine every single situation that could possibly go wrong. Let's imagine that a heel snaps. Let's imagine that you slip. Let's imagine that your back piece falls off. How are you going to recover from this? Are you just going to fall in a heap and cry You're and prepared. then be toppled by a float, you know, as it, the whole school goes past you in the parade? Or are you just going to, you know, brush yourself off and keep on going? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that also comes through in the facial expressions. You know, when my girls are performing on stage, I say to them, if you forget a step, If you trip, if something happens, don't show it in your face. Keep on smiling. Keep on dancing. The key is not to stop, you know. Pick yourself up. Keep on going. Because if you show that fear in your face, if you show that disappointment, you're projecting that energy out to the audience and the audience is going to feel that and they're they're going to feel. Yeah. Oh, she's just like me. And and that's a moment that you can actually uh, teach uh, without um, without being obvious, you can teach by example. I wanted to ask you a new question. 
do you love the sound of your own voice? It's really interesting. I never used to. And like I said, it took me a long time to be able to express myself and to understand who I am, to build myself, to create the person that I am and the woman that I am today. And I think what really helped me get to that next level of going from not particularly liking my voice to now feeling really confident was building my business and seeing that I was creating success in my life. And that success was then creating success for people around me and was inspiring people around me. And so when I was able to take my business from just being a dance instructor to taking tours, to running events, to business coaching, I started to MC. I started to be able to, I, I traveled the world and I've taught Samba and, and done teacher training programs in Europe and Asia and America. I would never have been able to do any of that if I hadn't have backed myself and hadn't have really sought mentorship from people around. I found it really challenging in my industry, Lisa, because there was no one who had done what I wanted to do. And so I didn't really have anyone to look up to, but I looked around in other industries and I thought that lady, she really presents herself beautifully on stage. That lady, she adorns herself beautifully. That woman there, she's killing it in business. And I sought advice from these women. Mm. And I think it's really important that you do that, that you don't, like we are responsible for creating ourselves. We are not born created you know we are born with this beautiful soul I think we we keep and maintain the same essence from birth to death but life is an opportunity for you to create who you want to be not who people expect you to be not what your parents expect you to be not what your partner expects you to be you to be able to create this beautiful life story for yourself and a lot of that for women in particular comes through financial freedom Mm -hmm. and I have not been able to um, to get to where I am today without learning about finances without managing my finances without supporting myself and being independent and I know that a lot of women don't have that opportunity so I've in particular in my travels and I've seen women in so many other countries who don't have the freedom that we have in Australia to be able to learn and study and work and travel. And so I feel like it's a responsibility of, of my life that I have to help women to be able to find their voices, to be able to find their freedom of self-expression. And that's why I've moved now into business training. I in particular do uh, coaching for women who want to start their own dance businesses. Mm. I help women with their body confidence and their self-expression. I create these opportunities for women to express themselves on stage, et cetera. But that took a long time to get to that. Mm. As you know, it's, mm. it's a journey, but I feel like financial freedom um, is really, really important. It is. Absolutely. Let's go in a different direction then. If Oprah's voice was a colour. What colour do you think it would be? I feel like I want to say a word here because I feel like she's the voice of strength. And I I think that strength has many colours, but obviously for me it would be red. Um, And she's an incredible woman who has overcome so much adversity. She's been very strategic in how she has created her career and collaborations. And yeah, she's, she truly is an icon and 
an, a true example of how you can start with nothing and you can overcome trauma, you can overcome poverty, and you can create incredible success for yourself. In comparison, what colour do you think your voice is? Absolutely sparkly unicorn rainbow, of course, Miss Lisa. I love that. (laughs) And that's obviously where you want it to be. Why would you want it to be anything else? Exactly. That's beautiful. (laughs) I talk about the imposter syndrome a lot on the podcast because it's such a big problem, I believe, today. The imposter syndrome is obviously that sense of not being good enough and comparing yourself to other people outside of yourself. Do you suffer from the imposter syndrome? Of course. It's a natural human instinct. We are always looking around. We live in communities and more so nowadays with social media Uh, everyone's only posting the highlight reels of their life. So every time you go onto any platform, you are just seeing glamorous, beautiful images of people, perfect bodies, stunning fashion, incredible wealth. And you can pay yourself to that. Mm. Of course you do. But what you have to realize is that the only person that you can compare yourself to is yourself. And so you can look to all of these people for inspiration and you can study and from them and you can learn and you can keep reinvesting in, in training and education. But I always just say I, I nowadays will only compare myself to who I was a month ago, who I was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so I look back on, on videos of myself dancing and often I cringe and I go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> really (laughs) what was I thinking or what was I doing but that's great because it means that you are growing and so I would say in response to your answer imposter syndrome two things number one study as much as you can learn as much as you can be prepared as much as you can so that when you enter a room, when you enter a stage, when you enter the avenue in Rio, you are as prepared as you possibly can be uh, for both the, the good things and the bad things, like I mentioned before, you know, prepare for the worst, expect the best. I have to ask, because you've said it a couple of times, and uh, what is it like when you turn that corner and there's the avenue and you're about to go down that avenue for in Rio? So the summer drone is about a kilometre long and there's a marshalling area at the back and you're basically in the streets, the back streets of Rio. You've got thousands of other dancers around you that are marshalling, so everyone's got this very nervous energy around them. You see the floats and the floats kind of turn the corner first and and go in and then the, the drums elevate and the pitch is just crazy and your heart feels like it's going to explode out of your chest. You get goosebumps. You start to feel the rhythm of the drums literally coming from the earth and up and through your body. And I always have like a little ritual before I go on that I just obviously connect to my breath, connect to the music and remember why I love to dance rather than thinking, I need to go out there and show a million moves. I need to go out there and, you know, be absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. I just think, why am I here? Why have I traveled, you know, 35 hours in a plane and spent tens of thousands of dollars to get here? It is purely for the joy of dance. 
and movement and self-expression. And so anytime I get out onto stage, whether it be there in the avenue, which is you know the biggest stage of my career, or getting up onto stage and talking to women about confidence and self-expression or teaching a dance class or emceeing at my Samba Queen competition, wherever it may be, I always remember that. That's my little kind of pep talk to myself before I go on stage is why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And if you can reconnect back to your heart rather than thinking I want to impress so-and-so or I need to say X, Y, Z because people are expecting that of me and say I'm doing this for the joy of Mm self-expression, then you will only ever do an amazing job because you're just being truly authentic to who you are. Beautiful. Michelle, you're obviously very fit you're uh, healthy. What does your daily routine look like to maintain that? Well, I'm definitely not a morning person. So all of these people out there who are like, oh, get up with the early bird, early bird gets the worm. <laughs> well, good for you. But no, I have a morning ritual of allowing myself to sleep in and wake up when my body wants to wake up. And I've obviously designed and created a lifestyle conducive to that by running my own business. And that was one of the big things that I hated about corporate life. I hated the alarm clock at 6.30 in the morning. I hated waking up and having to put a full face of makeup on and dress in a boring business suit and catch the bus to work. I just felt like I was a robot and I was just going from A to B. And so one of the main reasons for me you know, starting to branch out and start my own business was that I wanted to control my own hours. So for me, I allow myself to wake up and the first couple of hours in the morning are mine. I don't do business. I make my coffee. I make my breakfast. I will read a book. I sit on my balcony. I recently moved to the Gold Coast. I've got a beautiful ocean view. I'll go down for a beach walk or a swim. And I generally don't start doing business until midday. And then from midday, I will start to look at emails, start to look at my to-do lists. And then I have scheduled in for so many years uh, daily activity like it's a meeting with myself. So it might just simply be a beach walk. It might be a personal training session. I have enlisted a personal trainer because even as a dancer and as an athlete, you need a mentor. You need someone to keep you accountable. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) it's true right I I know at at, at my level of ability as a singer everyone thinks oh you know you can just do it and I still have a coach because you need to have that external perspective but so many particularly of my young ones and parents of young ones uh, think that I'm just going to come and have a couple of lessons and then they're going to be fine we can go off and we can do it on their own they're not going to need all. you forever. And I'm like, you know what? If you can, you aren't going to need me forever. Correct. You you absolutely, of course it changes. You go from the very early stages of development and that's very intensive and you have a better understanding and you become more professional at it. But you always need that third person or second person, sorry, to look at what you're doing. Absolutely. And I have a variety of them. So I have a personal trainer that I work with a couple of times a week. I have a dance coach in Brazil that I'm doing online lessons with at least once a week. I have a business coach mm-hmm. that I check that check 
I check in with once a week. And I also have a spiritual coach. So I have a lady who's an incredible healer and she works with all different disciplines like NLP and hypnotherapy and past life regression, all of these things to really try and understand who I am, why I'm here, what my purpose is to help me work through my blocks. So she essentially is a performance coach. So she works with me and says, Michelle, okay, how can we take you, your body, your dance, your business to the next level? What are the things that are blocking you and how do we work through them? And so honestly, I say the, a lot of, of the reason that I am where I am now is obviously grit and discipline and resilience mm. and determination, but it's because of the mentors that I have surrounded myself with. It's and I continue to reinvest in myself. And a lot of people don't want to spend money on themselves. They're very happy to go out and spend, you know, thousands of dollars on whatever it is, but they don't want to spend that money on personal development. And I it's always imperative. say it's You've imperative. You've got to have your team. It doesn't matter who you are in the world at what level you're at. You've got to have your team. And I think yes. any successful business entrepreneur person out there today will say the same thing. So I'm really glad that you've said that. I'm going to ask you a question uh, that's a little bit left to center. Mm. And everyone has a go-to empowerment song. What is your go-to song where you really want to charge yourself up? It's really funny. I don't have one song. I have some genres. So I love so Afro Spotify beats. play play playlist. Correct. Now? I'm happy to share my Spotify oh, playlist okay. with you and your listeners. Yes. We want Michelle's playlist, please. <laughs> and it's Excellent. interesting because when ladies sign up to my classes in, in the studio, I teach in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast or online. Um, they always get an intro email and that has a link to my playlist. And I always say to them, you know, even if you haven't danced before, I want you to start to listen to the songs here and your homework. The only thing you have to do is commit to five minutes a day of dancing. And all I'm expecting is for you to just move your body. You don't need to do any dance steps. You know, it's just wake up in the morning, put on that playlist, find a song that you connect with and just start to shimmy oh. and shake. There's absolutely nothing that you can do that is incorrect. Start to feel your body, start to connect with the music. And so for me, I love Afro beats. Uh, I love reggaeton, uh, of course, samba. And then on the flip side, I'm a huge jazz fan. I love jazz and blues. I love funk and Motown. So I, it really just depends on what mood I'm in. And, but if I want to get really kind of pumped up for a show, um, I would probably say anything that's kind of high energy, like Afro beats, like Samba, etc. If I feel like I just need to center myself and get some inspo, then it would be jazz. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, mm. I can't wait to hear that playlist. <laughs> I will happily share it. So amazing to talk to you. And I cannot wait to share this with our listeners. But before we go, I want you to tell us what advice would you give to women to reconnect with their voice? I know you've given so much already, but is there one thing that you'd say, go and do this today for yourself? Go and do something that lights you up. Mm -hmm. Do something that brings you joy. Do something that has nothing else connected to it. No pressure of being good at it. You know, 
no expectations of um, doing it for someone else or doing it because you have to, but purely because you just want to try something new. I think we get into these routines and these habits, and especially the older we get, we're scared of trying new things because we are embarrassed. We don't want to be terrible at them. When you're a kid, like think about all the things that you did as a kid. I learned every instrument under the sun. I tried and played every sport out there. I I feel like as a kid, you you know, you don't have that do self-consciousness. It. You just do it and realize that, you know, you can't be great at something straight away. And there's tons of other people out there in the world that are also not going to be great at it, but there's always going to be people that are going to be ahead of you at the same level as you and behind you. And it's just a matter of you saying, I'm doing this purely for me. I'm not doing this to impress anyone else. I just want to find some joy in my life. And even if it's just five minutes to listen to a Sunbelicious playlist of music, you know, it is like a one hour coaching session with you, Lisa, to, to reconnect with your voice and learn to express yourself. It's a dance class. Come and come and shimmy and shake with me. I'm happy to yeah. offer all of your listeners a free trial class. They're very oh, welcome to fantastic. come and do I was just a class gonna ask with me. That. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, how do we, how do we come along and be a part of, a part of your, um, you're Sambalicious and what's next for, for Sambalicious and yourself? Well, um, I'm in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast, so you can come to my studio classes. All the details are on my website, which I'll leave the link with you, or you can learn online with me. So I have a full, complete series from beginners to performance level of online lessons that you can do and you can learn in the comfort of your home. Uh, and what's next for me? I'm really passionate about trying to now pass on all of these experiences that I've learned through traveling to Brazil, through building my own business, through training women to perform, through just getting women into communities and feeling great about themselves through fitness, through wellness, getting them to connect with their femininity and sensuality. So I'm starting to do private and group coaching sessions and also helping women to start their own dance businesses. So I've got a couple of clients at the moment that I'm working with overseas that I'm helping to, uh, to create their personal brands. And so by them being able to do that, then they're going to be able to continue to now spread this love of dance and movement and self-expression around the world. So I'm on a global mission. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And, and once again, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I'm going to share all of the those links and certainly your playlist. And uh, I look forward to perhaps having a little bit of a chat with you about some things that are coming up for us. We might be able to do some synergy there. So I would love that. Leave our list. My pleasure to collaborate with you. Yes. Awesome. Thanks very much, Michelle. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for joining me today to strengthen your voice. You want to be heard and you deserve to be heard. We're here to make sure that the woman's voice is heard. I'm Lisa Lachlan Bell, and together we are the woman's voice. Thanks to our official sponsor, The Voice Draw. For more information on your voice, go to thewomansvoice.com.au.